another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davison, and I am my good buddy, Ethan Upman. Now, Ethan, uh, today was a big day for uh, everyone across the NBA, and you know what? It was even a big day for, for you. Maybe actually, maybe not. Maybe not for you, but it, a few days ago, maybe a few weeks ago, uh, we've not potted in, in a little bit. Um, it, you had a trade. Both of our teams have made trades at the deadline, Ethan, and, and that's what I'm happy about. Yeah, no, it's always fun to get involved in the processes. And, um, yeah, we haven't potted since Terry Rozier uh, joined the Miami Heat. Um, to Kyle Lowry, it's, it's been lovely to have known you. I still don't think, think so. you're still think you're a great player in your career. Just um, never was the biggest fan of you in a Miami Heat uniform. Taro's your welcome. You you started off with a nice seven game losing streak for the Heat, but hey, we're back two in a row. We've beaten a decent team now. Like let's let's go. Why 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 stop now? Yeah, but uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get to talking about all all of these things. But um, Ethan, we we've decided here's how we're gonna uh, attack this trade deadline. We're going to go ahead and talk about some of the moves that we're going to start at least with the contenders, right? So some people who are maybe in the top half-ish um, or, or very notable teams um, that you know, plan to make a run. And I guess I shouldn't even say top half because right now Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks, 28 and 23 as of uh, basketball reference when I'm recorded. Uh, when we're recording this, which is uh, in the afternoon on trade deadline day, uh, they've made a couple trades. And, and they, I would say, you know, other than the Siakam and Ananobi trades, they gave up the most in order to get the players they got. They were able to get Daniel Gafford from Washington for Rashawn Holmes, and uh, they worked out a thing where OKC is going to send a first-round pick this year to Washington, and OKC gets some swap rights out of it um, with Dallas. They also get P.J. Washington, and they send out Grant Williams, Seth Curry, in a 2027 top two protected, very lightly protected first-round pick. And that that seems like a bit. That seems like quite a bit to, to do, and I guess you're trying to shore up your... Your front court. Um, what what was your initial thought when you saw both of these trades come through? Well, for Daniel Gafford specifically, I think it really just dials into the type of play style the Mavericks want. They want a rim running, rim rolling, rim protecting center. Now Gafford is, you know, you could say questionable on the rim protection side, um, but I do think he makes an effort. Like I, I see him get dunked on, which means he's trying. He's getting rotations down. Hopefully, just it, it works out better for him, you know, going forward. But then with PJ Washington, I think it's just like, hey, everything Grant Williams wants to be and can be in a moment. Like PJ Washington is far more frequently and oftenly, and also has been doing it in a system that doesn't suit him. He's been playing in. Charlotte, where yeah, Lamelo Ball setting you up, but there's a lot of other stinky players around him, and he's he's put he's went off for 40 point games and been really effective as a scorer from all three levels. I really think PJ Washington being paired with Luca just sets up sets him up to be a really like super duper role player. It's just you get paired with a creator like Luca, and if you're a guy who is confident and ready to step in and shoot and play, you are gonna have a good time. Not to Another important fact, um, I need Seth Curry 
to get number 30 in Charlotte. I need him not to be waived. I need him to be number 30, and let's have a day over there. That's that's my goal of this whole entire transaction. This is why I'm also so juiced about it. So, um, I th- that's uh, everything you said. I think it's good. So, P.J. Washington. I think, like, I'm, I'm okay with P.J. Washington. I think it's not a reasonable contract. Um, I think that going from... Charlotte to Dallas, you're going to be getting a lot of like wide open looks. Luca himself playing with him, like you get the best open available looks out of anyone, right? Because people are constantly putting two to the ball on Luca. So you're going to get some good looks. My question is like, is he good enough? Like right now shooting 32% on five and a half attempts from three. Like, even if you go to Dallas and you bump that up to like league average, I guess that's good. You're able to bring some reasonable size and defense. And, and I, I guess when you just look at, all right, well, Grant Williams, when he's been out there, he's maybe he hasn't quite gotten done what you want him to do. Um, four and a half three pointers attempt, attempted 37% from three this year. So like on the surface, I just don't know how much better P.J. Washington is than Grant Williams, although Grant Williams has been kind of, I don't know, hasn't, hasn't been quite as involved or appreciated, I think, in, in Dallas of late. Maybe he's just an annoying human being. Um, very possible. Uh, that, that's what I saw. But it's like, is really, is a 2027 first rounder top two protected? Like, that, like, OKC seemed willing to part with what might be maybe a mid-round or late-round, first-round pick this year. Like, they wanted swap rights for the year after 2027. So, like, I don't know. Like, if is this really... Is it really that much of a difference? And I guess if you are Dallas, you're just thinking to yourself, hey, we... New ownership is here. Maybe the guys running it aren't going to be around by then. So let's just go all in over these next couple of years. Who knows? I think that's the objective here. And P.J. Washington's salary goes down the next couple of years. Like, if you build an extension off of that, you could keep him even at, like, longer-term money at lower numbers. Like, well, who's who's to say? Or if he really exceeds it, you get the opportunity to pay him what, what he's, you know, worth. I, I look at his career as, like, he's consistently – been put in places not to succeed his first couple years in the league he was shooting 37 and 38 percent from three on teams that were a lot more successful a little bit more effective and then it's just been injuries for Lamelo and stinky coaching and bad teammates and I think he's been put in a place that he is not enabled to succeed I mean, Steve, Steve Clifford himself says, you know, we, we are, we're not very talented right you know, there's interviews where, where he's basically slammed the team um, and that, that hasn't been, been great. I'll say I like the Dino Gafford move. I, I watched uh, the Washington – I got third row, third row seats. Uh, shout out Christian Chaba. Uh, third row seats to uh, the Spurs versus the um, versus Washington, and Gafford looked like he was getting his, right? He was getting offensive rebounds and putbacks, a bunch of dunks, got a couple blocks. He'll really work, and I think, like you said, having someone like that – along with Lively, you know, you're going to be getting competent play, and you've got options uh, at the center position 
And you you don't need your center to do all that much when when you got Luca, right? Just get there, dunk the ball, beat you know, be aggressive and on defense. And so I appreciated that one. We'll see. I'm I'm not as sold on the PJ Washington uh, trade, but who knows? Maybe he'll get to Dallas, and it's just the right scenery, and things are great there. I I, I feel that way. But I think it's time we can move on to our next, you know, contender, contender adjacent team and a trade they made. Philadelphia 76ers have acquired Buddy Heald from the Pacers for Marcus Morris, soon to be traded, uh, Korkmaz, who has been waived already, and here you got here you go, three second round picks. So, like I feel like you, you can't talk about this trade um from the Philadelphia perspective without getting into the fact that Joel Embiid underwent, uh, you know, his meniscus procedure. Uh, and it seems as though he's going to be right by the time the playoffs roll around, which may not be as great for long-term health. What it seems like in the reporting, and they're kind of vague with it, but, you know, there's hints around the edges that he went, he opted or... I don't know if he made the decision, but the doctor seemed to have trimmed some of his trip trimmed his the meniscus flap that that was there. Sometimes you can't help it; you have to trim it um, as opposed to the long term repair. Good news about the trim is you're back in about a month. Um, the reporting said he'd be reevaluated in four weeks, which seems to indicate that as opposed to the repair, which is going to take a few months. So. It seems like he's going to be back, and having Buddy healed as just that floor spacing, splashing, you know, guy out there on an expiring deal. It's important for them to retain flexibility going into the summer. Um, I think it's why you didn't get more than three second round picks. Like you couldn't have made it into an actual legitimate first because healed expiring. I like it for Philly. I think it's very good for them to have have that spacing. Um, around Maxi, and uh, we'll see how the defense goes there from the guard positions. Having Maxi and him out there seems a little bit rough, maybe defensively. But I look at it from Indiana's perspective, and I know Elkin didn't appreciate it. I, I don't know how I feel. Um, I don't love it because they are involved in the playoff picture here, you know, six seed at the moment. And I don't know, I, I, I think. He, he plays really well off Tyre, um, off of Tyrese Halliburton. I would have preferred just keeping him and then revisiting his contract situation in the offseason. I don't know. That, 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 that's just me. I wonder if part of this is fueled by, you know, giving up a lot of, you know, giving up some pick capital to get Siakam in. So they're trying to restock the cupboard with lesser assets, but restock nonetheless. I just think part of this trade is also like just opening up those minutes for Ben Math and <clears throat> excuse me and Andrew Nimhard to really take bigger steps. I think those guys are part of your guard rotation going forward, ideally, and I think ultimately, like those guys getting more minutes, and if they can progress, progress, like that's what we want. I also wonder if. Aaron Neesmith, you know, obviously he's transitioned himself into being a really great defender, but he came out of college as an elite shooter. I wonder if him getting more minutes 
um, at the two even to like beef up and have a big lineup when Halliburton's back fully healthy is part of the mindset here. Like, can they put as many good defenders on the court as possible to allow Halliburton's weakness to not be exposed as much? I'm not sure, but I know my my interpretation of this trade. I, I'm not in favor of it. I like having an absolute laser to pair with Tyrese Halliburton, so you have to guard two guys ridiculously tight because you can't give either of those guys any space or the shot's up and it's likely in. Whereas even Matherin, in his best moments, has not been a laser. Nimhard, he's had a game winner against the Lakers, but he's not a laser. Maybe Ben Shepard, the young guy, is going to get some more minutes. I don't know. This is speculative. But I imagine this is all just a future asset play and doubling down on their past drafts or asset management of Aaron Neesmith to push this push this team along. Yeah, I mean, at least because of the time Buddy and Tyrese have had, especially in Philly, sorry, 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 especially in Indiana here, like you're you've you've seen the proof of concept of what's it like if you've got one of the best three point shooters of all time next to Tyrese Halliburton, and it looks good. So you know if if things. You at least know what to go out and get for, you know, what to go out and get if this next phase doesn't quite look or work the way you want it to. Can't remember his name right now, but oh, Sam Vecini has been hyping up the Kentucky guard who's shooting like 54% from three. Oh, and, oh uh, well, I got you here, but there's other problems. So Reed Shepard um, is, so that's a whole, so that's sort of a whole different pod. Like that's, he is a, there's not many people that look like him that are successful in the type of role that he's successful in. And it's not that he's a, a, a white guy shooter, okay? It's, it's, that, it's that he's a defensive guard who's lighting it up, who's generously listed as 6'2", right? Probably yeah. shorter. And so it's like, what do you do if you're actually an off guard? He's got some on ball reps, but what do you do if you're an off guard, off ball guard who's, you know, if he's three inches taller, you know, it's it's Alex Caruso, kind of defensive cops, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly start coming out here, but you don't, you haven't had you know, a better shooting version. But like defensively, he's all over the place, like Caruso, but you're shorter. What's that look like in the NBA? Sorry. Yeah, sorry, got, sorry for bringing trash. it up, but we <laughs> yeah, started sorry. talking about lasers next to Tyrese and maybe still adding some defensive chops. Like I just like, hmm, hmm. Someone, someone shooting fifty five percent from three or whatever the college ranks and and yeah. getting ridiculous steals and yeah, I would call that a laser, but I think it's time yeah. to move on. It is. Um, quickly, let's get to to Milwaukee. Um, smaller move here. But getting Pat Bev in there, campaign, you're out of here in a second-round pick uh, over to Philly in this, right? If you're bringing in Buddy Heald, no need for Pat Bev, I guess. Um, the, so, in Milwaukee, you want to get – the issue they've had is, right, who's the defensive guard that we can put next to Dane? And it's, it's the attempt, um, you know, you, you've tried to get it with uh, Malik Beasley – who's shooting well, but it's like you're trying on defense and but you you want to get something else? Just do you really want to go with a Pat Beverly, uh, Davy Lillard lineup? I don't know. That seems a bit small to me. I know Pat Bev is gonna get in people's shorts and and whatever, but 
I don't know. Seems, I mean, seems better than campaign, I guess, for, yeah. for what Milwaukee needs. It's just uh, they're a team that's got to be looking on the buyout market, and it'll be limited. Big upgrade over campaign, probably worth a second round pick, especially you know Milwaukee picks that you you intend for them to be forty five and later, right? You're intending to be a great basketball team. I think it's a great move for them just to add a a a guy who you can play. But like the problem is like that's what all of their bench is a guy you can play, not a dude like not a, a guy who actually contributes all the time. Like Conton can have a, a moment. Portis can have a moment. Portis is probably a little too good to be in this conversation. But, like, Jay Crowder, he's one of those – all these guys are guys you used to really want, and now they're just kind of showing up and existing. Um, but, yeah, get, campaign was a nothing. Like, to give up a second-round pick and add Pat Beverly, not to mention you're taking someone who could be in the, your opponent's rotation out and putting them in yours. Like, I think that's a I think that's a pretty big win overall. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got to hope that they can – Man, I don't even know what kind of picks they have, but they got to start adding young talent that can do a little more than just play defense or just shoot. Because, I mean, I was just looking at Sam Merrill, right? He gets somewhere else, and now he's lighting it up. But yeah, didn't didn't tough. see the floor in, in Milwaukee. It's 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 hard to see when you're you know kind of like I'm not rooting for the Bucks per se, but I'm rooting for good teams to like be really good. You know, I, I don't want teams to fall apart. I'm worried. I'm seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, um, but speaking of a team that's fallen apart, uh, Memphis Grizzlies are involved in this next one, this next trade, but they're kind of the last team, kind of a three-teamer. Um, we'll start with the teams that matter. Phoenix gets Royce O'Neal. That, that seems to be the big thing. It's like, can you get another wing to be involved um, in this, you know, high-level wing team, right? You, you got Devin Booker, uh, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, like you got your your crew there. Obviously, Nurkic is there. Who can we pair in there? And let's give a shot at Royce O'Neal. I think it's a good um, swing there. David Roddy, you bring him in. Maybe 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 it works out there. Who knows? Uh, it hasn't quite worked out so far. But uh, in, in the shock of all shocks, uh, you know, it, it's not Nasir Little who's going out. It's Kane Bates, Diop, and Jordan Goodwin, right? This year, Little's been, like, rumored to be traded for weeks. He's still there, I think. Um, but second-round picks, are three seconds, are going to Brooklyn uh, for Royce O'Neal here. Um, Memphis gets Yuta Watanabe and Shemezi Metu. Seems like a good get for Phoenix, and obviously Brooklyn and, and Memphis are in different phases of life right now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this this trade's all about Phoenix getting guys who can play playoff minutes. Obviously, David Roddy's kind of like on that fringe of can get playoff minutes, but he did it last year for the for Memphis, who, who had a good series against the Lakers. And Royce O'Neal is you know just dying to be teammates with Kevin Durant, and so I mean, the good thing he waited till the last day of, till the deadline, so Durant couldn't force his way out of Phoenix, just similarly as he did out of out of Brooklyn shortly after Royce's arrival. Um, to, to speak to Nasir Little, obviously the guy's like, I'm looking at his stats for the season. He's shooting miserably from three and he's not playing in a lot of games. Uh, I, I just think that he's the guy you can't just give up on right away. Like you can't quit him cause he's on such a small deep, like dollar figure deal of a guy who theoretically could contribute. So I think they would kind of almost had to have been blown away to like, just pass him out. 
Um, everyone else in this trade, though, good on Brooklyn for adding some picks. Like, they've shown a pretty good track record since this front office has been in there of, like, making picks and bringing in what? I mean, making picks? I mean, th- th- their two first-rounders from this year are basically the worst uh, players from the first round getting, like, no burn. So well, Whitehead's hurt, right? Yeah. Okay. And, so, but we all knew that. Okay, and then the Alabama guy, I can say, yeah, that that, that might have been a, a reach. So I, just, I, just, I can't, Cam I can't, Thomas, I can't be too comfortable with that. Cam yeah, Thomas, who, though. Yeah, yeah. Cam Thomas is in perpetual fights with you know uh, uh, Jacques Vaughn of you know should he be playing should he not and you know Cam Thomas has never seen a shot he won't take um, and it, it, it's okay I just I can't get on board with with that statement. Fair enough. Sorry. I I feel comfortable with those guys making picks. You can disagree with me if you like. I don't have any problem with Derek Whitehead. I. I would, I would, I'm the kind, I'm the kind of guy who would keep betting on talent, um, despite injuries. So, so shockingly, I'm not a, a Sixers fan. Yeah, no Clowney. Also, um, uh, just don't know what's going on there. But well, he he, he didn't uh, know what was going on at Alabama last year either. Yeah, just shoot shoot a few shots. Okay, let's get let's get yeah yes. Uh, let's get to uh, Boston. Um, they made a couple small moves around the edges. They got uh, Xavier Tillman uh, and Jaden Springer, right? Xavier, just another big to kind of, um, you know, be in the rotation, especially the regular season. You're having to do, all right, I'll hold for it every other day, right? Christoph Porzingis, ooh, if, you know, you're nervous about him um, all the time. It just gives you someone to eat some minutes. And I guess if you need him in a pinch, um, it's fine. Jaden Springer, um, athlete from philly there's a, a constant uh, is, is a twitter thread from one of the uh philly beat reports i can't remember who it is Derek bodden or someone who's always like uh you know jane springer you know called up from their g league team sent back down to the g league team back up and it's like you know a million tweets long and uh he was just starting to kind of put some things together so we'll see i don't think he's gonna get much run in in, in boston uh, i don't think the guy i don't think that guy's gonna keep the the tweets going when he gets sent to uh, um, uh, what's it, the the main or whatever main uh, red claws. So yeah, red claws. Um, I was gonna say red ants. That's not correct. Um, no, it's a claws. mad ants. Know. The Fort Wayne mad, mad ants. Right the yeah, Fort Wayne. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think Adam Zuger Tillman is a great pickup. I mean, he he played really well against the Lakers last year in the playoffs. Like I think he had a twenty point game against Anthony Davis of all people. Like he's the kind of guy who you. When you have so many other good options and you you let him cook, you accidentally let him cook. You just like leave him open on a roll. Yeah, he's he's a good finisher. He's a good basketball player. He's just a little undersized, not quite a super athlete. But when you have a guy like you said, when you have a guy like Horford who's missing lots of games, you have Przingis who you really need to make sure he's healthy for the regular or the postseason. This is a guy who can go in, sop up minutes a little bit better, more effectively than I think um, Cornette can. And Lamar Stevens is. I mean, other than other than trying hard, I don't know what he does. So, I think big upgrade worth the second round picks to add someone who definitely can play in the rotation. I, I think you hope like he's been woeful from the uh, from shooting this year. But I mean, just look at the context in in Memphis this year with all right, Tyus Jones is out, 
uh, John Morant is out, right? So any semblance of point guard play that we had out the door, right? Marcus Smart, who would in theory be like, he's been in and out. Um, and, and so it's like, well, who can set you up and get you the ball in the right spot? And, you know, they've had some, like, you know, Memphis has had, like, some, you know, fun players and, you know, Vince Williams Jr. and uh, Gigi Jackson, uh, of course. But, like, those guys are, are fun in different ways, not in the ways that are going to be helpful or useful to setting set a guy like Xavier Tillman up. So, so, you know, him going to Boston, it's going to be a better context for sure. And, and even your guys who are still finding success, like Bain when he's not hurt, and Kennard who is still shooting well, like those guys are getting guarded so tightly. Like they're never really getting the ball with the defense, like scrambling to them. The defense is already set on them and stuck to them like glue. And then they're creating some advantages. It's not like last year when Bain would catch it after Moran had kind of sucked the defense in. Now Bain's attacking at an advantage. And oh, now you're also pivoting and here comes uh Tillman coming from the dunker spot like there's just so many more pieces moving effectively last year and now it's like uh you just gotta gotta hope these these young guys I mean yeah great story um the other Williams not Zaire but Vince like great story great that he's playing and playing well um he also I am seeing that he's only 6'4 that seems small like I feel like he's plays bigger than that I could be wrong um but yeah i yeah, there's no advantages in, in Memphis right now. And so not 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 a bad time to jump ship. Gotta say, I don't know what Memphis's plan at center is because uh, as like I'll just mention it right now, they shipped Steven Adams uh, out. Um, for, uh, you know, the, he's gone. Houston uh, is able to get him. I, I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Like, like once I saw Stephen Adams was out for the year, I was like, "Ooh, let's let's start to you know, back off of, of of Memphis." Obviously, they have the other things going on, but I don't know, man. Um, I, I guess you just feel like you can get centers, but sending Tillman out, losing Adams uh, as well, it just seems to me like that off season is going to be you know an an important one. Oh let's yeah. Oh, all right. Um, let's get to, uh, the next team. Uh, the, the next two trades we're going to talk about all have one team in common. It's Charlotte and neither Charlotte's not the, the team that matters. Um, let, let's talk about it. Let, let's, let's talk the Terry Rozier trade, Ethan. Um, you know, you're a heat, heat man. You're wearing a heat t-shirt right now. Um, and you know, we, we mentioned it at the beginning of the pod, but giving up a 2027 first rounder, which, you know, it's half of that of that asset is from, you know, bringing in Terry Rozier. The other half of it is, Hey, please take Kyle Lowry and you figure out what to do with him. Um, so didn't go smoothly to begin with, but you know, I feel as though it's probably a, a good move, uh, for, for your team. His contract is descending. If I, if I remember correctly, right. It's I, only I, one more year though. So it's like, not that big of a deal overall. Yeah, it is a slightly smaller in this, in this last year. I mean, to the point, I think that the thing I like most about Terry Rozier joining this team, I'm not the biggest Terry Rozier fan historically, but like I've always been fine with him. But like, I just like that he's a, like, I want to get to the rim and I want to shoot. Like, I just it was just so disheartening to see, like to have so many guys on the Heat 
drive through into the paint, not looking for layups, like looking for exclusively contact, Jimmy, or fading away from everyone, Tyler, and never going to the free throw line. I like it's just it's just nice to have someone who turns the corner and looks to score a little bit more often. And also like Jimmy's back now. Like, it's just a lot of things that you can really like sink your teeth into and be and be angry about, but I'm happy with the trade overall. Um, just wish we had options to do more. So I was wrong. It's not descending, and you were wrong. It's two extra years after this. Oh, um, I'm much happier now, actually. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So so he's locked it. it it's it's you know it doesn't go up a whole lot, but 23 million this year, 24. It really, is 25 next year and 26 the year after. Um, but you know, I I. Agree as well. It's like you you got to the end of the road with, um, you know Kyle Lowry. We don't like the way he plays. You never quite hit. Um, you know, you got him a little too late. Um, and you know, has like you know, albeit in, in an awful situation, he's been balling. Right, this man continually kills the Pistons whenever we played Charlotte. We couldn't beat Charlotte for I don't know the longest streak, and it was always because Terrorier would go off. So, you know, it's always tough bringing people in midseason, especially in a context where it's like a really good team and you're trying to find the way to, to make it all fit because, like, Pistons, we're going to talk about some trades. Like, it doesn't matter. We made a bunch of trades. We're just throwing people in there. It doesn't matter, you know. But for a team like Miami who's got aspirations of bigger things, who's been places, you got to make sure everything works right and you got pecking order to, to figure out and, and there's not much practice time uh, to, to really work through it. So we'll see. I, I trust that it's going to work out decently well, and, and you'll figure it out by the time the playoffs roll around. Yeah, and and the other thing is, like, while Terry Rozier hasn't been a defensive player for the last, like, three or four seasons in Charlotte, he was one in, in Boston. And I don't think that those attributes have faded away. I'm excited to see a guy who plays defense with his hands and not his butt uh, in Terry Rozier versus Kyle Lowry. And I, I, I feel really good about his steady contributions, knowing what kind of player you're expecting. Kyle, every once in a while, would show up with that, that all NBA player he was six years ago, and take and kind of bogart the game for a little bit, and that was great and fine until no one else was in rhythm, and Kyle ran out of gas. I mean, Jimmy Butler does that, but Jimmy's Jimmy. Jimmy's allowed to do whatever he wants, like. I'm excited to have Terry Rozier, who can score a lot, but is a role player. And I'm excited for that versus the aging vet who can't quite figure out what he needs to be every night. Yeah, I'll just say one more thing that I've heard. And with the uh, trade of Jaden Springer from Philly, like I've heard and seen that, hey, Kyle Lowry on a buyout could be headed to Philly, Philly is not one of the teams that's uh, in the second apron. So like, he could be someone like, – you sent out Pat Bev as kind of the backup point guard. You bring in Buddy Heald, and maybe you know Kyle Lowry can come in and do that. Went to Villanova. Like, they need a secondary-type creator. Like Obviously, Maxie runs the show there, and that's perfect. And that's wonderful. If, if Kyle could give them 10, 10 to 15 minutes, and that's all they need out of him, perfect. Perfect. That, that's all he I, – I truly think that's about all he can give you anymore. He can give you probably 15 good minutes. He cannot give you 30 good minutes more than once a month. 
Speaking of not sure what you're going to be able to give somebody, uh, Gordon Hayward's Oklahoma City. Um, he's on an expiring deal. Uh, and, and when this came through, I was – I didn't know what was going on. I was a little bit unsure. Like, So Trey Mann is, is headed to Charlotte. Um, Vasily Misich as well. And Davis Bertans. I thought Davis Bertans had – um, an extra year, but I think he's going to be able to expire because of early termination option, which I believe the team has. That's that's what we've kind of figured out on the, on the backside here. And two seconds. I know OKC is not star for seconds, but it's like, what do you want with Gordon Hayward? What is the purpose of Gordon Hayward on your roster? I mean, just, just looking at, at him this year, okay, he's played in 25 games, started 25 games, and, you know, he's out there shooting 36% from three on two attempts. You know, shooting almost 50% from two-point range, um, you know, which is, it wasn't anything to, to speak about. I, it just, at this stage, you know, what is Gordon Hayward really bringing you? I wanted Oklahoma City to um, get a big, like, if they had been the team that got Xavier Tillman. I'm like, okay, cool, right? Not that he's going to be someone who necessarily you know matters for you, but hey, it's it's another big body because that's the thing we're concerned about. And maybe OKC will get something on the buyout market. I mean, you know, in theory here, they sent out two people. They can, you know, actually, sorry, they sent out three people and they they brought one back. So so maybe they'll be active on the buyout market, and and maybe all of my all of everyone's concerns about their backup big situation will get solved. But. I just didn't care for this one um, uh, with, with Gordon Hayward. Did, just don't care for him. Uh, and because Charlotte brought so many people back, they had to waves people. James Booknight waved. Um, don't want to say we didn't see that coming, but saw it coming. I I don't have any bad feelings about getting Gordon Hayward. I mean, it's an expiring deal. He's tall. Like, I kind of think what they're looking for is someone to – when Josh Giddy isn't working at the end of games because of his lack of shooting, they don't want to give up as much size. And then here's Gordon Hayward. I mean, Kendrick Williams could, or Ken Rich Williams could probably do that. And he, he's not, he's not that much smaller than Gordon. Um, I don't think, I don't think Ujman Dang can really offensively hang just yet, but he, I saw him play some great defense against uh, Utah the other day. I was really impressed. But yeah, like I, I think it's more of like a functional size thing to help a young team. I, I we're, we're gonna get, I, I'm giving PJ Washington a lot of credit despite his some of his inefficiencies this season for playing that bad scenario. Um, Gordon Hayward is kind of part of that bad scenario, but yeah, I still want to extend to him <laughs> some of the some of the same principles. Like I don't. Th- it's just weird. Like there's there's three players on the Hornets. I was like I would I wouldn't be mad if they ended up on the Heat, and it, it's been the three that have been traded. So obviously the Melo Ball doesn't count because he's not yeah. moving anywhere. Yeah, no Ch- chicken and egg thing. There, it's like who's at fault in in Charlotte? And um, yeah, I I just I think Gordon Hayward's uh, washed. Um, <clears throat> Ah, let's get to um, a team that's washed. Uh, the Detroit Pistons uh, have made some trades, but if we're still talking contenders, we're not talking about them for that. It's because Minnesota uh, wanted Monte Morris, and um, they really wanted the backup point guard situation to be solved. Maybe you're unsure about Mike Conley, 
uh, going forward, he's older, and you know, we'll we'll see. I think this is the last year of his deal, so yeah, we'll we'll go out and get Monty Morris and um, reunite him with Tim Connolly, right? Who 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 I think drafted him back in Denver, and now he's running the Timberwolves. Comforts there. They didn't quite get what they wanted out of Shake Milton. Don't really guess trust um, uh, Jordan McLaughlin. So go out and get Monte Morris, who's was out for like 40 games because he was injured. Uh, just came back. For the Pistons, Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., they're both uh, on the team. Also, we get a second, like distant second for Minnesota than like 2030. Um, I think for the Pistons, it's... All right, we were waving Killian Hayes. We want kind of a defensive guard who I you know, maybe hasn't been shooting it well, but has a history of being able to, to, to shoot a little bit. Maybe he can bring something there. I don't know how much Shake Milton gets run in Detroit, um, just with the number of guards that we have. There's another trade that's coming up here, and there's a few guards that I think see more time instead of him. And uh, Troy Brown Jr. probably is going to get some wing minutes, though, because we've sent out a few wings uh, coming. But but Monty Morris in Minnesota, talk about that first. Ethan, what are your thoughts on that? You like that? Is it fine? Is it whatever? Uh, this is a team that's contending out west. Yeah, I just kind of think, you know, Tyus Jones must just not have quite been available enough. And so, Monte Morris, here we go. I think it's great. I mean, I think he's a good backup point guard. I think... This can maybe uh, lower some of Mike Conley's regular season burn, so maybe he can be a bit more of a full, like a PTP here um, for your uh, playoff stint run, whatever it turns into. I think Monte Morris is a great little little add to make sure this regular season uh, finishes up tidily. I don't think he plays into a huge role. I, I honestly feel like. Shake Milton's more likely to win, like help you win a playoff game than Monte Morris. Like on a random day, Shake Milton has had some scoring outbursts, but that's not what you need. You need it to be Anthony Edwards. You need it to be Cat Gobert playing great defense. I think Monte Morris is more likely to unlock more things for those good players. So it's it's a good little deal. The the lack of turnovers right is always the thing you think of, and it's probably good for you to have that when you're running some second unit stuff. Um, now Detroit, you know they made a bigger trade, which uh, there's parts of me in this one that I appreciate, but there's parts that I I am a little frustrated with. So the New York Knicks get Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich, like. Not going to lie, I think that's a great get for them and their versatility and, and especially bench scoring, right? Like, Boyan, both of those guys defensively have had struggles. Like, the Pistons have been bad when they've won games. It's because, all right, Boyan and Alec Burks are going crazy tonight. But the the kind of unspoken thing is on the other side of the floor, the defense has been trash. Yeah, because we got some young guys out there, but it's because those vets in particular can't really play a lick of defense. Like, Boyan gets attacked all the time. Um, down the stretch, and he's he's kind of a sieve on that end at this point, um, just just based off of the, the things I've seen. Um, but if you're the Knicks, if you're the Knicks, you need bench scoring after Emmanuel quickly is gone, and these guys give you that for sure. 
and I guess probably even maybe a, a filler while Julius Randle's rehabbing, right? And and uh, as OG and Anobi is undergoing, I think a three week um, yeah, absence at least from from an elbow procedure. Pistons on the other hand, I think you do this because you 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 think Quentin Grimes might be something, right? Might be a piece that you can work with. Um, you need some three and D's you know, stuff out here, some competent players uh, to be able to put around Cade, Ivy, Duran, and, and uh, you know, Asar, Thompson. And and I think he gives you that. Malachi Flynn as a backup point guard. He can run some stuff. We'll see if he gets um, some burn. Ryan Archidiakono Archie waived. He's not a part of this. But Evan Fournier is. I do think Evan Fournier is going to get some, some bench it's a bench run because Monty Williams, Monty Williams is gonna wanna doesn't want to just give it to all the young guys. He's gonna want some some veteran leadership. And Forty has been sitting on the bench for a while over in New York. I don't know. I think he's gonna get some run now because you've got the team option uh, going into this offseason with him, and maybe you can make him look decent and maybe flip him for something in the offseason. I think that's the goal for for. Uh, for him. Pistons also get two future seconds. In the process, we got to wave Joe Harris. Gallinari just got waved. Gallinari just got waved. Um, he's trying to look for a contender. Killian Hayes, we said, got waved. Here's here's my only problem with this trade, Ethan. Is it too much to ask? Like, a lot of these guys had to be in there for salary purposes to make the salaries match. So, like, you can argue, okay, Quentin Grimes is a good player. So there's like some, you know, an asset coming back your way. But at the same time, if I'm the Pistons, and I know they probably had conversations about this, but I would much rather have had the first round pick that is protected in perpetuity. Like I want that back so that I have the ability to, to trade some future first if I want to, right? I'm kind of hamstrung with that right now. And I don't think it would have been un an unfair thing for us to like that first round pick is not gonna con it's not gonna convey, like it's one of the worst first round picks that's owned out there by anyone, because just it's it's not gonna go through because the Pistons are bad, and so it feel it felt like like when I saw Alec Burks and Boyan were going there, I looked and expected that we would be getting our own first back and we're not. And that's the part that's frustrating to me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a, a very fair reaction. I feel like most people won't think about that because most people probably haven't looked at the protections to see how long that hand runs out. In fact, I didn't know like how long it ran out. Still don't just know it's a long time. Um, however, I really like the idea of Quentin Grimes and Cade man in a backcourt you don't really have a true point guard in that bunch, but you have two guys who do a pretty good combination drill. Um, I don't know if you mentioned S Simone Fontecchio coming into town as well. Like, I think he's a great. Simone, yeah, haven't mentioned that yet. That's the next one. We maybe should mention that now. Simone Fontecchio coming in the three and D. Like getting him in, I think allowed you to say, "All right, Boyan, we can trade you now. Um, we, we we've got someone we trust in there." Gave up. Um, you know, give up Kevin Knox, the rights to Gabriel Prochita, uh, who's kind of like the, what we hoped, like you hoped he would develop into Simone Fontecchio, uh, years from now. 
and uh, we gave up a good second rounder, right? It, it, it's Charlotte's, sorry, is it Charlotte's or Washington's? I cannot remember, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be good, okay? Like yeah, top five of the first of, of the second round coming through. Um, but you know, this is all about trying to get competent players who can shoot and defend around Cade. It's just frustrating because the the rumors of what you could have had for Alec Burks last year and Boyan last year. It's like we could have had two seconds for Alec Burks last year. Like we like we know that was on the table. We didn't pull it because we wanted a first. It's rumored that we had two second round picks, probably sorry, two first round picks, probably crappy ones, um, but at least one first round pick for Boyan. We don't get that. You know, we get we get Quentin Grimes, which is fine. Like I like Quentin Grimes. I think I, I'm most interested in him and, and Fontecchio here, but you know, it's, it, it, it's it probably speaks to more of the we did absolutely nothing this off season, and the things we did do they're gone out of the door. So like we we really did nothing, and you had the whole first half of the season just be absolute garbage, and and not trusting Troy Weaver even if I appreciate his drafting abilities. I, I like. I like what he does in the draft, um, I, I, relatively speaking. And it's just been the team-building concept has been lacking. And and so, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're turning the corner now, but it's just, I think, that hesitancy for me. No, hesitancy's fair. I mean, I, I think for the first time, I kind of see a little bit of, like, a, a semblance of a rotation here that, like, it's just missing, like, some of those more p- uh, pick-and-play, like, guys from the upcoming draft or a free agent. Like, knowing you got Duran at the center spot, Stewart playing some center, but you can pair him at the four, and then your you're really versatile wings, hopefully a Sar can, a, a can turn into an offensive player at some point, but between him and Fontecchio, you got the lockdown at three. Like, you don't need another three on the roster, technically speaking. Obviously, play up, play down, find spaces. And you have three guards I like, with Cade, uh, Jaden, and, and Grimes. Like, you, you got good like good young players in a lot of different roles and now like if you hit one more you hit one more pick you could be right in this thing and that's what i'd say you had to look forward to so fontakia get, getting him in is just so helpful to playing a good basketball let me just speak my truth now i'm a, I'm a zachary uh ricochet um a truther here for the pistons um in this upcoming draft so uh, we just got rid of a French player. Let's bring in another one here. Um, but I trust this one. Um, it's okay. Lovely. Um, uh, Pit Pistons also uh, just ate Daniel House's uh, money, waived him uh, for a second-round pick this year. So gave Philly a fake second. So anyways. Uh, we've already talked about the Houston uh, Grizzlies deal. Let's get to Toronto. They did some weird stuff, man. Um, it's always weird in Toronto. I, last deadline... You know, trading this protected pick for Jakob Pertl. And this year, they're also trading a first-rounder. It's it's a bad first-rounder this year. Likely the Clippers are OKC. We're going to have to see when it all comes out in the in the wash. They bring in Kelly Olenek. Some, some, some more Canadian moves there, right? So I guess we can appreciate that. Uchai Agbaji. Um, that seems like the the main guy that you wanted to get and Kyra Lewis sent him to Utah Otto Porter Jr. as well I hope Kyra Lewis can stick around um there I guess 
Utah is probably the best place for that. Um, but it's just, why are you doing that if you're Toronto? Like, you're not very good. I know that they're trying to, like, you made the R.J. Barrett move. You, you, you made the um, you know, manual quickly move, and maybe you're trying to do a, a quick medium pivot, but you're not very good this year. Like, if you want to, you can tank and try to get to the spot where you can keep your own pick. It's probably it's probably conveying. I don't know. And then, I guess, there's the Spencer Dinwiddie, Dennis Schroeder trade, which is literally just to get off of future money. Um yeah. For Toronto, how do you feel about just what they've this kind of pivot that they've taken? We've talked to the other trades, but like now that we've seen the whole thing, how do you feel? So my my main thought is okay, you're adding Kelly Olenek. Maybe this gives you a chance to like kind of see what Barnes can look like next to a real floor spacer and you know secondary playmaker. Because Kelly Olenek's a very versatile offensive player. I think we've known this for a long time now. He keeps doing it. It's understood. He'll he'll make threes. He'll make plays. Not be good at defense overall. So maybe this is just a way to show a little bit of a template of how they want their next center to look. Some Like someone who can do a lot of what Kelly Olenek does. That's really the only thing I can think of is like this promotes a really healthy cast for Mr. Barnes to play with. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it, because now you have Olenek playing some center. You can play – if you want to. I mean, Pirtle's still on this team, and he's not bad. But yet you can play Boucher and Olenek all, all your center minutes, and you have sh- shooting the whole time. You have O'Shea and uh, Trent and Barrett and Grady Dick and Quickly. Like, you have shooting to play around him. You can figure this out. I don't know why you traded for Pirtle last year now. I don't no, get that's it. that's the one. That, that, that's the one that makes no sense. But you're right. Like, the Pistons making the Marvin Bagley trade for Mike Muscala and Gallinari, obviously, you know, it's waived. Like, that opened availability for Asar Thompson, who's a way worse shooter. But, like, to be able to uh, play kind of as a center on offense and operate in the paint a lot more. Scotty Barnes is much better on the perimeter. Like, Scotty Barnes has been having a, a pretty good year. But... If you want him to be able to operate in the paint from time to time, like in some minutes, if you want to run some sets where he's getting, you know, where he's operating there, having a Linux there to, to space when Pirtle's out, that, that that could be a helpful thing too. So, yeah, I guess I'm okay. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Like it, this, this is a got. It just got has got to be like, all right, Kelly, just be the template, be the whatever we need to see out of a center, so we can start looking for those traits in the draft or in trade. Like, he's not your in-solution. At best, he's, like, a sixth, seventh man for a team with a, a center that, like, is really, really good. Like, I think he had a perfect role in Miami. He was over, probably overpaid for the time and was not not maximized. But, like, also, the, the I don't know. It's just, he, he's good. He's just not a – I just don't know how you make him into a true playoff performer. He's just kind of – I mean, just look at Utah, right? Like, they that, that team plays the right way, and they play together, and they play fluid. And Kel, I think Kelly Olenek has a piece of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick note here. So Spencer Dinwiddie's, you know, getting waived or pot out, whatever whatever you want to say here. Um, issue for him. Teams – because of the new CBA – 
teams that are in the second apron cannot sign someone in the buyout market if their previous contract was $12.4 million or more. Well, that's Spencer Dinwiddie. So Golden State, Clippers, Boston, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Denver, Miami, they're all out. They can't get him. But it's been rumored that like the Lakers are really trying to make a push. And you know, a few of these other like contenderish teams, um, you know, maybe you can get him for the minimum and he can be something, right? Speaking of which, like, we don't need to talk about Doug McBuckets going back to Indiana, do we? I guess I just did. There it is. He went back to Indiana, and um, it's a good time. Uh, <clears throat> There's your new laser, the Buddy Heald replacement. Yeah. I guess. Uh, is there anything that didn't happen at the deadline that you wish happened? Like, that you, you think, hey, I, I went, like, for me, again, it's the OKC deal. I guess we'll see after the buyout market, like, want for them to have a big what anything you wanted to see that you didn't see i i would have liked to have seen deontay murray get moved i don't know where whether that be the lakers or you know i mean i obviously would love everyone that's good to go to the heat but we don't need i don't need to keep talking about things like that i just i just would have liked to have seen him go somewhere that makes more sense for him like i i really did think it could work with trey young but i i don't know i am just growing Trey Young's such a good player, but he's just, I think, really hard to play with if you're another guy, if you're a guy who kind of would like to have the ball. I just, I, that's just where I've landed with it. I, I, I think, I, I, obviously he's bet like Trey's better than Deontay, but I would, if I was the Heat, I'd rather have Deontay because I don't want Jimmy Butler to never have the ball. Like stuff like that. Um, you know, the Bulls not trading anyone was a little surprising. Oh, I, that's the one. Like they've developed, like Andre Drummond's rehabbed his value. Like he's a contributing NBA player again. Like he kind of always has been. Um, like I think his fall from grace has been a little over exaggerated all the time because he kind of looks funny when bad things happen to him. Um, but you know, him not moving, Caruso not moving, DeRozan not being moved. Like all those things are, I think, relatively surprising. But then again, Bulls. Total agree on that. I, the Bulls, that's the worst one. I wish Bruce Brown got moved. You know, I think they feel that it, they, they can carry it to the offseason. You know, same thing as the Fournier thing. If he looks good and you know, got the team option, you can do what you want then. But it's it's the Bulls. The Bulls whiffed, man. They're the worst. And yet, yeah. there's like people keep going to their games. That's the problem. Chicago fans don't go to their games, and maybe they'll maybe they'll change things up, right? Yeah, you bring up Bruce Brown, and I, 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 I've seen that their faces next to each other. But, man, like a little Andrew Wiggins, Bruce B- Brown, figure out what we got to do to make this happen. It's like, that would have been fun. I think I, – I don't think Andrew Wiggins' career is over. I hope it's not because, I mean, like he's he, – two years ago, he was the second most important player to the Warriors in the finals. Like, it was not that long ago. Uh, but it's clearly – something's wrong in Golden State with, with him. I, I would – I don't know. I just – I want I want Steph to ha- keep having chances because he's still so good, and I think Bruce Brown would have got them closer. But obviously, you would have had to pay not just the Bruce Brown acquisition tax, but you would have had to pay the taking Wiggins salary tax, and that's that would have been a lot to stomach. And so I don't blame the Raptors for not doing that trade. I just I would have I would have liked it. And always, I wish the Heat Heat had the capacity to do more. I, I wish that he'd had capacity to do more. 
I wish somehow that Tyler Hero, like I like, I I still love Tyler Hero. I really enjoy watching him play, but I, I just worry, I just worry about him. I I worry about him because he he goes through these slumps and you just don't see an end to him. Sometimes I would have got, I would have really liked to have had Deontay Murray on this team somehow, like with that being the pivot piece. Yeah, missed having Elkin on this pod. I wanted to hear wanted to hear him talk a little bit about the Buddy Healed thing, but I think he's, you know, it's 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 fine. East, it's fine. Eastern we'll, time we'll is, is tough for a midweek pod. It's, it is, it is, and and so, anyways, uh, Ethan, good talking with you, and uh, looking forward to you know. Super Bowl's about to be done. The other Lions, you know, the loss. It was sad. a good season, but. Yeah, sad. Now, now focus in on, on on some NBA action here down the stretch. So, looking forward to it. Love it. Go Pistons.